Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What's up, Open Floor Globe? I'm your host, Michael the Pod Pina, and I'm joined on the other line by my good friend, Sports Illustrated staff writer Rohan Nadkarni. Rohan, I am live from a hotel room in Miami, Florida, hours from attending Game 2 between the Heat and the Celtics. Interesting and strange Game 1 in that series, but I'm very much looking forward to hearing what you saw and thought during what I hope to be a civil, lighthearted conversation let's about stop, the series between two old chums. Let's beating around the bush, okay? <laughs> it's been a long time since I've been on the podcast, and I know some people who listen to the pod like to think that you and I are buds in real life, that you and I are friends who chat. <laughs> it's not true. Michael has it in his contract <laughs> that I'm not allowed to reach out to him unless it's podcast related. So I've had to wait patiently since doing this podcast. Uh, not this previous Monday, but the Monday before we haven't had a chance to talk about so many things that have happened, but most importantly, Michael getting a front row seat to heat culture just the, the joy on that I, not only watching the Miami Heat but knowing you had to watch Jason Tatum top five Tatum turn the ball over was it six times in one quarter see Max Struess absolutely pack him up again see Jimmy Butler who I I think I was told on this podcast that Jimmy Butler wasn't as good as Trey Young. I think that was something I was told on this podcast. How about 41 points for the best defensive team in the NBA? Whew. Oh, people have been texting me. What are you, are you going to light Mike up on the pod? And I was like, you know, I don't That's know. That's just a lie. Stop. No one's I texting you anything. Dan Bloom, Please Dan, stop. Dan Bloom, today, our, our podcast producer today, Dan Bloom, licking my chops for this pod. Don't hold back heater holding the door um, you know people and i was like i don't know i'm just gonna let it flow whatever 
Whatever happens, I was told, I was sent some very mean text messages about Bam Adebayo. I don't know how many Celtics shots he has to block before you'll respect him. Uh, what do you uh, what, okay if we're gonna do the, the trash talk thing we've got to keep it honest like that just that's never happened at all. um okay rohan uh i'm glad that you're you're fired up you're yeah, into yeah. it by the time most of our listeners hear this hopefully a lot of you are hearing this before the game but if you're hearing it after and the celtics have won by 35 points just know that i am sitting and twiddling my thumbs uh Content. Um, Rohan, on today's show, we'll break down the Eastern Conference Finals, of course. Uh, we'll take a look at the lottery, which uh, has happened. <laughs> just like, that's a thing. What that's a weird – I don't – why do they put it in the – I guess like I guess they want half the teams that aren't in the playoffs mm-hmm. to have something to look forward to. But I know we're about to talk about it, but let me just give you a heads up right now. I could not care about less about the lottery. and <laughs> It's stupid that they do it. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. well, <laughs> listeners, keep listening in. Cause... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean I don't have takes, but... Uh, I'm sure you do. Yeah. Um, we'll also open up the mailbag. We got some great questions on today's show. We'll touch on the Western Conference Finals um, and uh, a little bit more stuff happening. But first, a quick reminder to please keep your emails coming. Openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Okay, Rohan, let's, as you say, not beat around the bush. Let's start with, there's actually some news related to today's Mm -hmm. game that I want to touch on. Um, uh, Unfortunately, there's a lot of injury, COVID, uh, personal reasons related absences and it's not unfortunate in the case of the personal reasons Derek White um, his wife is having his first child so that's wonderful news congratulations to him but he will not play in game two Um, I guess like let's just start with the absences and Kyle Lowry has is dealing with the hamstring obviously he's a significant player who impacts the Miami Heat's rotation. Al Horford missed game one, and as we are recording this, he is, he's is he been upgraded to questionable. But I, 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 my mind is like a rat race when I, I try I don't, to... I don't understand that scenario whatsoever. I'm, I've had so many conversations with so many people about it, and everyone is just flummoxed. <laughs> it I, makes I, no you, sense. Have you also... Did you read the quote where he quote on where he allegedly said he was vaccinated. I to the Boston Globe you're referring to. Yeah. Yes, I am aware of that. Yes, B- because it's also not a very illuminating quote <laughs> that he gave. Yeah, we could. I, like, I don't want to get too much into this. Yeah. I'm so like yeah, tired just, about yeah, COVID it is, stuff. It is. It's just like it just adds to the confusion of the situation, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Marcus Smart missed game one also uh, with a sprained foot. He is probable he's going to play in game two. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, like, my first question is just how much do you take away from game one when one side is missing mm-hmm. Lowry, a starter, the other side is missing two starters, Horford yeah. and Smart, and, and we can get into the X's and O's, but, yeah. like, Peyton Pritchard down is is having yeah, to close yeah. the end of a game and all that. So just what do you make of like how what I can learn and glean from a game well, where key players were not participating? For sure. And it's funny because we had this conversation after that Buck Celtics series. The easiest game to overreact to is game one. And especially in this case, 
You mentioned it. They went after Pritchard relentlessly. That's not going to be an option for them when Marcus Smart is on the floor. I mean, Jimmy Butler can try to win that matchup. He's going to win it sometimes. He's going to lose it sometimes. And that's going to significantly change the tenor of this series, particularly in the half court. So it just is a bummer because I I would like to see what the coaches in this series could do at full strength from a tactical standpoint because it's a matchup of two fantastic defenses, two mm-hmm. teams that have the ability to close with five guys who are really good defensively. And I would like to see the coaches try to overcome that challenge. I'd like to see the individual players try to overcome that challenge. Um, and as far as game one goes, Heat fans were like getting mad at me because I tweeted like, I thought the Celtics had an incredible first half. That was super. They were carving the Heat's defense up. Um, and that was without two starters. And they found out about Horford hours before the game. It's one thing to like, you have a day in practice to prepare, institute a game plan. Like you find out right before he's not going to play. Like mm-hmm. the Heat, yes, are missing Lowry. And I think this is the exact series they need him for as well as Gabe Vincent has played. And he had good moments in game one. This is the series they need Lowry for. That one game they beat Boston during the year. Lowry was their most important player in the fourth quarter. I do. I do. Did think the Celtics were in a more compromised position already, kind of coming in. I think a tighter rotation than the Heat generally to lose two starters. I mean, they dusted off Aaron Neesmith, who had good moments, but obviously not a guy they they want to go to often during the postseason. So I, I don't take away much from it, to be honest. Other than Miami had to win that game, and the fact that they were losing at halftime was concerning to me. Frankly, they they had to win that game, a game one at home. Like you could argue game one at home, you kind of have to win anyway, even if the other team's at full strength. But like to me, that was the kind of game Miami couldn't afford to drop. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. The first half was very strange to me. Like Mm -hmm. I was getting vibes of the first round series against the Nets where they were just like the Celtics offensively. We're just kind of doing what they wanted, uh, living in the paint. Mm-hmm. They would drive by the initial layer of the defense. There would yeah, be like no, no help no, rotation. Yeah. Just like I was like, this is not my the Miami Heat. Yeah, I, it was shocking. I was like, there was no, the, absolutely no resistance to like Tatum was getting two feet in the paint whenever he wanted. As you mentioned, help defense was non-existent. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was straight up bad. I mean, I don't have the numbers. I probably should have looked this they up. They were 16 like, of 20 at the rim in the first half. Right. They had, I think they had 40. They had something ridiculous in the paint that was like 42, I want to say, yeah, in the I first half. And then like points. six in the second half. Um, you saw Tatum pick and rolls with um, Rob Williams that resulted in lobs. I'm pretty – I know Rob Williams like didn't play in uh, – the second round, really. So, you know, didn't see those lobs for uh, uh, that reason, but mm-hmm. also didn't see that that action really in that series because, like, it's just a completely different defense. And yeah. so to see that happen was, like, yeah. eye-opening. And Rob I was kind Williams of surprised. was so good in game one. I think he was a plus five, and he, but he was only able to play 28 minutes. He looked a little tired. He had picked up a couple fouls. Like, man, like... He looked like when it, when the game started and it, he like had a full tank of gas. I thought he looked like the most athletic player on the floor by far. Some of his closeouts were unbelievable. Um, he was really good in that game. He was. Um, he's 
I mean, yeah, the athleticism is the athleticism. He had some putbacks. Mm-hmm. He cramped up in the fourth quarter, yeah. and then Celtics had to go. They were playing Daniel Tice and Peyton Pritchard in the fourth quarter of like a conference finals game, and I was right. like, okay, cool. Um, but defensively, you know, he had moments. There were some. There, Gabe Vincent had some great momentum changing plays where mm-hmm. you know he's the low man helping on the lob to rob and rob kept bringing the ball down i think he did it twice Gabe stripped him go the other way and there's a bucket i'm fascinated to see yeah like marcus smart is playing tonight so you would imagine that he will be closing the game that doesn't mean pritchard won't close because Derek white is not out there but it gives them a little bit more it makes it harder i think to game the matchups when do you really think i so it is funny because i do think pritchard is going to have to play with white out but i can't imagine that you think they'll close small like that and have pritchard on the floor what do you think if you had to guess their closing lineup for game two well if horford uh, plays it's a completely different ball game i think like because you can close with rob horford you could close Grant, Rob. Yeah, actually, Tatum, like, Brown, Smart. You could. There's a lot of different things you could do. So you don't yeah. have to close with Pritchard. He's going to have to play yes. a bit. And honestly, like he shot the ball really well um, and played a pretty good first half. Hit a big three that put them up 11 in the first half um, when things were kind of humming. But no, to your point, like I, I don't expect even with Derek White out to for him to gotcha. be closing another right. game. But yeah, I do. Uh, right. He is going to have to play. You're right. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're kind of burying the lead here a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Butler, as you said at the top, was just. Uh, I mean, he I was think unbelievable. It's, it's honestly probably up there with what he was doing in the finals as one of the best two way performances of his career. I mean, his help defense, his one-on-one defense. Um, I thought Jimmy and Bam in the third quarter, that was what the, that was what the team imagined. Like that was the idealized version of this team, putting guys like him, those two and PJ Tucker together, just what they're able to do defensively. I mean, Bam off the ball, Bam one-on-one against Jalen Brown, um, Jimmy gambling for the steals, uh, Jimmy trying to prevent Jason Tatum from getting into the paint, like, and then the scoring. I, he hit that fadeaway over Tatum in the fourth quarter. That kind of turned the shot around making fadeaway. was absurd. Yes, absurd yes. shot. And, and, and listen, if you're a Celtics fan, you live with that Jimmy Butler shot ten out of ten times. That that's your best defender, a six eight guy guarding a smaller guy. Great contest, and I I. My, I've been on this podcast and like we're all serious. It's like I've been telling you, I've been skeptical of this Heat team in the half court. Like I don't think they have it. I think Boston's a better team. I think we're on the same page about that, especially when healthy. The one thing that could change it is Jimmy's shot making, and I keep waiting for it to fall off because he didn't have that shot in the regular season. Like a lot of these shots he's hitting, they weren't going in the regular season. Um. But he just keeps passing every test, like in the playoffs, and I. I I still am sitting here being like, I don't think he can keep this up, but so far he has. He only took two threes, uh, 18 free throw attempts, which is kind of the story of the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, Four for six from the mid range, eight for 11 in the paint. Um, A lot of those were, a few of those were like 
pick sixes on consecutive possessions yeah. or whatever it was in the Some third quarter. Backs, the third quarter yeah. was the third quarter was like a total massacre. It was like the worst quarter that the Celtics have played basically all season or since they have yeah. kind of established themselves as one of the best teams in the league. So like kudos to Miami for really upping the intensity. Ime Odoka after the game just said they didn't really change any schemes like or matchups or anything. It was just like, oh, they're just going to play tough now. And he communicated that to his team at halftime, like beware of the the Miami Heat and them upping the physicality and the Celtics just could not match it. Um, So... Yeah, it was a it was a really interesting feel out game. Uh, obviously, Horford's a big part of how the Celtics play on both yeah. ends, particularly defensively. And it's tough when, like Mark, like Derek White is a really capable ball handler. Um, it looked like I mean on one of the lobs that he threw to Rob that Gabe Vincent then stripped the ball. It was like Derek White was wide open at the elbow for a pull up, and he like fake he, shot he, past he looked, it he looked hesitant and I was like dog yeah you gotta shoot that you he looked that. He, he looked hesitant and i thought he had moments like that in the milwaukee series but he kind of found his place eventually like i thought he started slow in that series and then at least like offensively pure shot selection wise like he plays a good floor game you want him on the floor so i think he'll find his spots um but yeah it, I, that was an interesting thing to me too because he looked hesitant on, on a, offensively from pretty much the entire game Mm-hmm. And uh, Tatum, kind of a tale of two halves a little yeah. bit. Uh, great in the first half. I tweeted this, but he looked like a guy who's like, oh, there's no Brooke Lopez. There's no Giannis Antetokounmpo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm then, just going to drive but to then there, the basket. But, the, but then there was a Jimmy and Bam, you know? Like, I see, <laughs> no, we, okay. saw, we saw all the tweets. Oh, we miss. We don't miss Giannis, so it's not the Bucks anymore. Thank who God. is we? Who who is we saw the tweets? I'm just curious. Can it's you all, all the people on Heat Twitter. Just see all the <laughs> seeing all the. Thank God we don't have to play the Bucks anymore. Oh, we're playing. You know, we saw it. We saw it, Mike. We did. The the um, DPRB state media was out in full force, <laughs> um, in the first half. So you know, we had to we had to launch a counterattack. This. You know, I'm joking around a lot because I picked the Celtics in six. Like, I think we're on the same page in this series. <laughs> um, this is just going to change a lot when smart, even smart is back because the the switches for Miami to attack just won't be there. And I, I frankly don't, they had like a one, a like, I don't know if it was 115 or 105, but their half court offensive rating was like one of the best they've had all season. Like probably definitely the best in the playoffs. It was mm-hmm. over hundred. Like, I just don't think that's real. Like, I think that's not them. And I don't see how they do come anywhere close to that again in the series when smart is playing. It's not that I think Jimmy can't win that matchup sometimes, but he's not going to dominate it like he did Pritchard. And that, that makes a huge difference. I don't think you can – I know you can't just, like, hunt Marcus Smart. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah. it's yeah. just not smart basketball. And it's, not, right. it's not something Eric Spolstra would do um, right. at all. It's stagnant. It's right. – and for as great as Jimmy played, that's just not smart right. basketball. And Jimmy wouldn't even be yeah, – Yeah, that's you not watched, his- Honestly, like, the possessions where you hunt Peyton Pritchard, where he was hunting Peyton Pritchard, there was one – it's come to the top of my head. I, I didn't rewatch the, all those possessions, but on one switch, P- 
Pritchard had like real solid defense, low center of gravity, and Jimmy rose up from like, and I'm talking about from my angle, I'm just in my vantage point because I didn't see it on TV, but like hit like a pretty tough, like I want to say like 18 footer from the it top was an of the elbow, key. It was like an elbow yeah. jumper, left elbow, just rise, rose above. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's a shot that if you are in a hunt, like, yeah, that's a, you know, He's obviously bigger. He can rise yeah. up anytime he wants. That's okay defense. It was more like when they got the switch and the Celtics were trying to avoid it. Yep. And yep. then all of a sudden, hey, here comes Max Vin- Strews on a DHO and he's here wide open. Vincent. Yep. Those yeah, were the plays where there was like things were breaking down because the Celtics yeah. had to get out of their switch everything scheme and, and things got a little bit more complicated. And what's interesting to me is throughout the regular season, Jimmy struggled a lot. Like they had a game against the Mavericks where he was getting Kleber on switches. Now, granted, I think Kleber has since proven to be like a a pretty good switch defender. That's what makes him so effective. He's like capable at using his length. And that's what makes those Mavs lineups good in a lot of scenarios. But it's not like Jimmy's automatic against bigs either. Like I think if he got Rob on switches, if he got Horford on switches, those are not bad matchups for the Celtics. So I don't think they're going to go hunting for them either. It just is. I, if playoff Jimmy is a concept is a real thing, then maybe he can succeed more against those guys than he did re- during the regular season. But that to me is like every time, like I'll believe it when I see it. I think mm, like, Jimmy, first of all, I kind of, I want to push back a little bit on, like, the, like, bubble Jimmy. Like, he's just a great player. Like, Thank I know you. I'm guilty. No, but, I, I mean, I've, look, like, I I flew to, I spent, like, a, a weekend with Jimmy the summer before he signed with the Timberwolves or was traded to the mm. Timberwolves. Mm. And, you know, got to see him do a workout at, like, I don't even know, Crack of Dawn. Um, got to, like, hang out with him by his pool in Malibu. Mm-hmm. Had some beers. And just, like, talking about his mentality all day long, I just came to adore him. And I've always thought he was one of the 15 at least best players in the world. And, like, now because of the – a lot of the – I guess, like, the course that his career has taken where – there's a lot of off-court stuff. There's a lot of he's been traded multiple times. He's been perceived as a malcontent, etc. We don't have to rehash all of that. But in terms of just pure two-way, uh, complete basketball players, there's just not a lot of guys who are yeah. period, like point blank. Like I don't understand the. There's like some sentiment that is still. Not shock and awe, but like, oh wow, look! Is at this you. real? Like, is this real? And I'm like, I'm sitting in these post game press conferences, and I'm like, like, are you like, what did what, I, I don't understand? Like, do people watch Jimmy Butler <laughs> play? Like, have you watched the Miami Heat play this season or like last season? Or yeah, I don't know. So I don't mean to, you know. No, I, I I'm glad you brought it up because. I don't think this Heat team's going to win a title. I, it, it would be surprising to me. It would be very surprising. I obviously love it, but... You would really be surprised if they won the title? I right. wouldn't. I, I just... I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. Like, I said this on the spot months ago. It's hard to ignore how dominant Austin was. And we... I think you and I... One thing we've agreed upon was how, like, the season just kind of nosedived in December. And I think we all just kind of threw out the results from that month. 
And I feel like once the games got really good again, Boston was so far and away the best team. It would just, they'd be like, I think Boston and Golden State are like a cut above favorite wise for me, at least I'd be a little bit surprised. This is it. We've got an Amex platinum pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Maybe this is a good time to actually like jump into this email we got. That okay. is. Can I just say one thing real quick before we get to sure. the email? Sure. I just want to say I'm happy that Jimmy's having this postseason because, as you mentioned, it was the bubble thing. I think last year you and I are also on the same page. Like, there was a lot of weird things about last year that kind of explain what happened in the playoffs. Um, like guys having COVID and two months later playing in the playoffs after having also been through the bubble, like. I don't hold that series against Jimmy anymore. And I'm just really glad he's having this moment because like you said, he's been called a lot of things in his career. He has to be accountable to that perception, but I'm I'm just glad he's getting this moment. Like he, you know, you look at LeBron and D Wade, some of the runs they had, like statistically he's been up there with them. And that's really cool to see. 
I think this email just is a perfect capper to this conversation. Uh, Comes in from Nate. Nate from Montreal, who writes... Yo, shout out to Montreal, man. Lovely fucking city. (laughs) (laughs) Nate writes... Will you please explain the whistle Jimmy Butler gets? It makes absolutely no sense to me. What sort of dirt does he have on Adam Silver? Is he just funneling free coffee to Zach Zarba and Tony Brothers? Please make it make sense. I could get an NBA contract if all I had to do was snap my neck back and be awarded free throws. All right. Well, I take back everything I said about Montreal. Um, (laughs) So I'll just say, like, real quick... um, Jimmy's ability. This is it's. I believe this with everybody who draws fouls from James Harden's prime to Trey Young to anyone. Like drawing fouls is a skill. Getting to the free throw line is a skill. Free throws are the most efficient shot in basketball, assuming you are a good free throw shooter, which Jimmy Butler is. It's tactical. It's smart. Um, there are some plays where. Yeah, he'll kick his leg out, whatever. But, like, a majority of them are he forces the issue. Um, his pump fake is absolutely lethal, like DeMar DeRozan-esque. Um, got a lot of guys in the air on that in game one. 18 free throws is a lot of free throws. Uh, this was – but at the same time, like, I I didn't see any no. issue with yeah. any of them. Yeah. Um. And I saw I saw some people complaining about the free throws. Believe me, um, I saw you, Josh Gondelman, complaining about the free throws. Michael Schur <laughs> complaining about the free throws. Uh, just go back and tell me he's not he's not doing you know the rip throughs. He's not doing the let me stick the ball out and let guys hit my hands. Okay, he plays to contact, and that's that. Like he gets people in the air. Um, he's he's willing to put his body in those situations. I think in that game, the Heat shot two more free throws than Boston as a team. Uh, I think they were even called for more fouls. So, I like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here and no, this isn't conspiracy yeah. theory. Yeah, I know, theater. I know. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm not gonna, say, I'm not gonna entertain Nate's premise. Let me just say that. No, I, I mean Nate. Shout out to you. Yeah. Funny email. Um, yeah. But like to throw cold water on it, Jimmy's great. Um, and like. It's really not derogatory to be like a guy. Like when we say it's like a skill, yeah, there's an art form to selling contact sometimes when you're a shooter, and that's just the NBA. Like great players do it. Jason Tatum, in a lot of ways, needs to learn how to do it a little bit better because on dry, like he's starting to do the like he brings his arms he low. He brings the arms low, yeah. And that's that's like that's not a necessarily a natural basketball movement, yeah. but it is natural in the age of. I need to get fouled to go to the free throw line. Yeah. So that's just like what it is. Like I'm, I'm, I apologize if people don't like that, but like, you know, there's other ways to defend. You can show your hand, like show your hands, keep your hands up. Um, you're not going to get every call, but there are like, just don't foul yeah. <laughs> a lot of these situations. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, so Nate, that was a funny email. Thank you. Uh, I don't think that Jimmy's going to get necessarily 18 a game for the series, um, but it's a huge. It's been a huge part of his success his entire career. Like he's Demar Harden, Jimmy. Those are the guys who mm-hmm. draw fouls and have been excellent at it for like the past decade almost. So yeah, that's that's who Jimmy Butler is. Um, and he also hits some ridiculous jump shots that have absolutely nothing to do with getting to the free throw line. <laughs> yeah. So 
Hats off to him. Uh, do I'm, you have anything else? Like, do you want to? I, I'm trying not to look too forward ahead to game yeah. two too much, too much because obviously the shelf life there isn't isn't long. But I guess just real quick, what do you anticipate seeing in game two? I think it's going to be a much lower scoring game. I don't imagine both teams. I wouldn't be surprised if both teams finish under 100 in this one. Um, I just think the defense is going to be turned up. I think the nerves are going to be turned up. I think Boston's going to come out strong. Smart's going to make a difference. I'm, I'm just, I don't know how the Heat are going to score in the half court. That's what I've been saying against Boston, against good teams this whole time. So that's what I'm most interested to see. Can I plug a story I wrote real quick? Absolutely. So I had the pleasure of speaking with uh, mighty Max Struess this week. Uh, for a story I wrote about Struess, um, Shout out to his college coach, by the way, from Lewis University, Scott Trost, um, who I also spoke with for the story. Uh, he was great. Um, but the Heat, I remember I said the concern was 10 out of 10 after that four-game slide they went on in late March. Uh, Strews told me in a team meeting, Spo <laughs> just announced, we're changing the starting lineup. He didn't pull Max aside, nothing like that. Just said team meeting, Max is the starter. They've gone 15-3 and three since with Strews in the starting lineup. Um, there are two starting lineups this season with Lowry and Vincent. Adebayo, Struess, Tucker, and Butler have been fantastic. He's been great on both ends of the floor, and I don't think he's going to be a guy who shuts down Tatum and Brown, but if he can survive, if he can be somewhere in between what Pritchard was and what someone like Bam is, um, there's a reason he was closing that game. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a, a, that's a that's... wide gap. It's a wide gap, yes. But... Uh, it's a if my bank account reflected yeah. <laughs> uh, the person who checked me into this hotel and Elon Musk, yes, man, yeah, I, yeah. I'd be in a good, a good spot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but point being, I think it's it's notable that Struess was closing that game. He hit a couple big threes down the stretch. Hero was on the bench. Struess has been second on the team in plus minus. So all this is in the story. There's some good stuff in there. But uh, he's kind of changed. What they can do, because they, they had a big issue finding, I think, enough two-way players to close a game, and I think he's given them some answers for their closing lineup. He's great. Really good role player. Um, Derek White's defense on him was, like, out of respect, I felt, mm-hmm. in the first quarter, where if you take this guy out, um, he's – their best shooter mm-hmm. in the rotation pretty much if you like make his life miserable and you really trail him well over these screens and like contest from behind and bother his shot then it takes away a key element of Miami's offense in the yeah. half court so yeah a lot of respect for Max Drews he's great and um I think some people are writing stories about him out here because a lot of questions are being asked and <laughs> well we beat him to the punch so make sure we you did. check out the we SI did. one first we did can I uh, can I hit you with a a trivia question that you'll never get but I want to throw sure. it out there because it's in my story okay. okay okay this season Max Struess shot 41 percent from three on six and a half attempts per game there are three players in the NBA who shot as many as attempts so at least 6.5 a game, but shot a better percentage from three. Can you name them? Desmond Bain is one. That's correct. Um, I'll give you a hint. The other two are point guards. Okay. 41% six and a half attempts? Yes. 
Point guards. Um, man, this is tough. I don't. I, this is really yeah. not good podcasting. I know, um, I know. But I think the viewers are. I think the viewers, the listeners are thinking along with us right now. I don't think so. Steph is not an answer. Steph is not because he has uh, his first quote unquote bad shooting season. Um. So Kennard didn't have enough attempts. Nope. I'm trying to think of like the three point leaderboard point guards. Yeah. Um, man, this is difficult. My brain has been so locked in on the, I know, like, the playoffs. I know. Trying to like go back to the regular season. <laughs> Shelby, uh, Fred, producer, Fred, Fred Van Fleet. Fred, Fred Van, Van Fleet. Fleet's not in there. Producer Shelby's throughout Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons is not in there. <laughs> um, good heat check from Shelby, though. Um, can I give you the? I'll give you the answers. Okay. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. sorry. Shelby, Shelby said, "Check again, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> um, the other two players besides Desmond Bain, who shot better than Max Drews from three on six and a half attempts per game, Kyrie Irving and Lonzo Ball. Wow. Yeah, Lonzo had a great shooting season. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, I wonder how many total attempts Lonzo had because he missed yeah. some time. But that's interesting. That's that is yeah. that's a great stat. Thank you. Good I job, was, Rohan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um. Okay. Can we move on? Actually, real quick, I just want to say there's a vibe going around the Celtics right now. The I went out to dinner last night with some people who work for the Celtics, etc. Um, I hope you masked up. <laughs> feeling is okay. Feeling is that uh, you know a lot of people think that Jalen Brown was a little bit disappointing in Game One and can play a lot better. So my one prediction is that I think Jalen Brown will okay. play better in Game Two. I know I'm going okay. out on a limb there. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Okay, great. Let's move on. We have another email. We're going to switch gears and talk about the lottery, but I'm going to kick it off with this email from Thaddeus. Long time. Thaddeus, what up, man? It's been a minute, Thaddeus. Hope you're doing well. Who writes? I should say it's been a minute. It's been a minute since we've read a Thaddeus email. It's not yeah, been a minute true. since Thaddeus That's has true. submitted an email. God bless you, Thaddeus. Um, Thaddeus writes, my wife is a Thunder fan. I may watch more NBA, but she brings a passion I could never touch. I cannot express how much more important her NBA happiness is than mine for us to have fun during the NBA season. Needless to say, I was pumped that the Thunder landed the number two pick in the draft. I think both Chet and Jabari are kind of the perfect fit, given that SGA and Giddy can handle a lot of the shot creation. I do have a few questions after the results, though. Number one, what would you do if you're Detroit or Sacramento? Kind of a bummer for them, and I don't think that pick is a game changer, given they both just need talent in a lot of ways. They seem like prime targets to load up on picks by trading down. Number two, what is your most fun player slash team fits in the top few picks? Um, so let's, we're going to answer these. Um, do you want to first zoom out a little bit and kind of just, you had, it seemed like you had takes on the lottery that you wanted to expound upon our listeners. Do you want to do those now? Or do you want to, to keep it hyper-focused, talk about Detroit, talk about Sacramento, talk about, um, I guess, hypothetical team player. I guess just what I'm going to say, and I'm very sorry to dump a big bucket of ice water on this whole thing but like yeah i can sit here and tell you that like such and such sheets to take chet holmgren but there's a reason why like every year like there's some picks that don't work out and some picks that do like we're seeing it in the playoffs like jalen brown controversial pick max Struess, undrafted jimmy butler end of the first round etc like we can keep going well 60 percent of the heat roster is undrafted right it's just I'm I'm draft culture has just gone too far and we get people who make these like sweeping definitive statements like so-and-so is going to be the steal of the draft or like this guy is definitely going to matter and it's like and then you have someone like Desmond Bain where I don't know who Desmond Bain is and I'm watching on draft night and they're like yeah this guy was a great shooter in college and I'm like then why is he not getting picked why why do we keep picking players <laughs> who can't shoot like number one it's like how many players go in the top 10 it's like this guy will be great once he learns how to shoot. It's like, what's he been doing playing basketball all these years? And then you get like Desmond Bain is like, yeah, this guy's like been a great three point shooter his whole life. It's like, yeah, draft that guy. So that's how I feel about the draft. And I, I want everyone to know that that influences all my opinions. Where it's like, you know, shout out to our guy Jeremy Wu, who we know is at the high school games 
and watching these guys play for years um, and really putting in the work to project what these guys can be at the next level. But there's a lot of people who aren't doing that, who give you like all kinds of opinions. And it's like, why? Like, stop. <laughs> um, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> I just am someone who, yeah, I don't. But it's fun. I, I get it. It's fun to talk about. Listen. No, the, it is the, fun. And if the Heat and Celtics both had top five picks, like, we'd be all in. So I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah. And when you're a fan of a team that's not good. Yeah, true. This is what matters. True. So true. it's important. And I guess we'll talk about it from an NBA perspective real quick before we, and I guess we can kind of wrap in Thaddeus's question into this conversation, but the order of, I'll just say, I guess I could just read the top 10 order. It's mm-hmm. Orlando Magic, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, Houston Rockets, Sacramento Kings, Detroit Pistons, Indiana Pacers, Portland Trailblazers, New Orleans Pelicans, San Antonio Spurs, and Washington Wizards. Those are the top 10. And then the the, the Knicks have the 11th pick, which they'll obviously screw up. Um, <laughs> so I guess like, you know, one of the immediate reactions that the people I watched the lottery with, I watched it in the media dining room with some other writers, was like, okay, pretty much nothing exciting happened. <laughs> like, the bad teams... <laughs> no surprises, teams, yeah. Yeah, like, the bad teams got the top picks. The Kings, I believe, are the only team that jumped up. The Pistons moved from, I don't know where they were supposed to be, but they moved down to five, which is a blow, because they were the worst, yeah, the one of the worst teams up. in the league. Yeah. Thunder moved up, which is good. I mean, sure, happy for the Thunder for whatever. I mean, they were kind of a disgrace <laughs> in blatantly tanking to increase they, their odds as much they, as they could. They, they kind of put the the process Sixers to shame, but they did it quietly, which is what the NBA wants. <laughs> um. Yes. Yeah, so the Thunder also have the twelfth pick, which is really interesting because the clip they got it from the Clippers trade. Um, Pelicans are in trade. the lottery as well, eighth pick. Thanks to yes. the Lakers. Uh, so I guess I, you know, we can't really discuss too much about these prospects. We are not just madmen Dra- like draft Knicks. Yeah. Um, By the way, but, shout out to Jeremy Wu, who we need to bring on the pod. Who he'll, I, he'll have his time. Yeah. Who keeps who like always texts me because he's just constantly antagonizing you in our group chat, and he's like, "Pina's got to hate me." Like. Um, Pino thinks I'm a psycho. Like, um, he also like Jeremy Wu stops liking players once they reach the NBA. He just is, like, it is a trend. You, yes. you and I will bring someone up like, ah, so and so having a nice season. We'll be like, that guy sucks. <laughs> it's like, hey man. <laughs> so shout out to Wu. Uh, legendary stuff. Yeah. Um, I guess okay. So what was your I guess what was your reaction to the Kings moving up to four? I guess, you know, there are three big potential number one type talents in this draft, supposedly, allegedly, no one knows anything. The Kings do move up, like moving up to four, you know, could be a potential big deal. There's already been some chatter about will they trade the pick? Will they keep the pick? They have De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis and they want to make the playoffs. They want to be the Minnesota, what, do what the Minnesota Timberwolves did this season. They want that to be them. I am skeptical that that is um, realistic. And maybe when you have a top five pick, you should 
take a top five talent and start building <laughs> yeah. around that player. Just, you know, I'm not here to say that I am Jesus Christ and I know all, but first wow. of all, did you? I, took I, a yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ probably wasn't the right. Is that, um, is that what he's famous for? <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Um, Albert Einstein maybe was the person yeah, that yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. of. Um, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, anyway, so the Kings move up to four. Um, Just what were your thoughts upon seeing that, and what do you think they do with this pick? So I did what I always do after the lotteries. I read Wu's mock draft to get a handle of what things are going on, and he has them potentially taking a guard. And I think this all goes back to the Halliburton trade, which we don't need to relitigate fully here, but it's important context because they kept Fox, who probably had worse trade value than Halliburton. I mean, that's pretty obvious. But to me, if they keep Halliburton it's and don't make the Sabonis trade, I think they're in a better position to draft the best player available, whether that's a guard or someone else, and start kind of building around this new nucleus and look to trade their vets. Instead of, and I know it's tough. They've been in a perpetual rebuild. Are we going to kind of start the process over? No Kings fan wants to hear that. At the same time, now there's almost a pressure on them to trade the pick because you can't really select another guard. You have Fox and Davion Mitchell. Um, you just got rid of the quote unquote Halliburton healed log jam. Are you going to go down that route again? Um, but I think everyone, the consensus seems to be that this is a three player draft. So I'm not really sure. I've, you know, I've seen some chatter that maybe they, the Pistons might want to trade into that spot. And, you know, maybe there's some, you know, Jeremy Grant. I don't know. But to me, by making the Halliburton trade, they've almost put a pressure on them to win now. Yeah. And trade that pick. So it's just, you know, this is how and it's tough because on one hand, I'm like NBA teams should not compound on their mismanagement. But I don't know what they do here. I really hope, you know, if someone like Jaden Ivey, who seems like a really intriguing talent, um, dynamic guard, like, it's, man, in, like, another universe, it's like you could build around Jaden Ivey and Tyrese Halliburton. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, my God, this team is so exciting. And then in, like, three years, they'll be great. Um, And instead, it's like, okay... We probably aren't going to take Jaden Ivey um, because we have De'Aaron Fox. So do we take uh, – I don't even know these guys' names, to be honest with you. Like, Keegan Murray is probably yeah, the guy yeah. who I'm most intrigued by because – Shaden Sharp, yeah. I, sh- I, don't, I, I never like the – Kentucky. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by this guy <laughs> who didn't play in college. Yeah, yeah. But he's really explosive. I could be wrong. I know nothing, but yeah. uh, I think that was technically Bam. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, no, it's, it's like, but no, I know no, what no. you mean. I know what you mean. Bam play. This dude did not play mm. really in college. I see. Like the the so like the Calipari restriction on Bam's talent. Calipari yeah. restricting Devin Booker. There's yeah. like a whole. Like, sure, sure. SGA went to, I don't know what the deal was, but he, yeah. you know, he's a star now, and I don't think he was doing a lot of that stuff in at Kentucky. Um, so it was there, but it was just like a little bit of a different scenario because this dude actually, like, did not play basketball, really, um, at Kentucky. But 
yeah, so Sacramento's in a really interesting position. I feel bad for Detroit, even though they have Cade mm-hmm. Cunningham, who's an absolute gem. Um, I'm sure they can get a really good player at five, but yeah. I was thinking about how fascinating it would be if they got a Chet or if they got Jabari. With yeah, the first I mean, or second if they're pick. able to, could, what if they package five and Grant? Does that move them up? Does that entice anyone? Can I can I throw out what's not really draft related, but a draft adjacent scenario at you? Mm-hmm. Um, something we have not gotten to talk about really on the pod, which is unfortunate, was that Suns Mavs game seven, which I attended. And I'm still kind of picking my mind up off the floor from what happened there. <laughs> um, and what that means for the future of DeAndre Ayton, which I know you and Herring touched on a little bit. And you seem pretty confident like they got a maxim, but do you think there's any of these teams in the lottery that maybe are looking to try to trade Aiton? Can I can I throw an Aiton trade out at you? And oh, yeah. Is it laughed off the table? But is there a way that the Suns, I think the Suns have to add stuff to it, certainly. Do you think the Suns can somehow pry Siakam out of Toronto? Wow. I was not expecting that. Um because they need a big and they have a little bit of a logjam of forwards. I mean, they paid in Anobi. Scotty's going to need the ball. We should be clear. Like Siakam is a lot better. Siakam will probably make an All NBA team. Agreed. Agreed. It just um, they they just have such a glaring hole at center as well. They do. Uh, I mean, I just don't think that that's the player that you trade. Or you dangle in a in a trade for Aiton if you're Toronto. Like Toronto was not like so far away from making a run in in this postseason. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like obviously, you know they had some injuries, and uh, but I, I mean maybe someone like the creativity of Nick Nurse, especially Aiton, still young. You give him a talent like that, you know his touch. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he can put, I think their offense while maybe they don't have players as accomplished as Booker or Chris Paul can be a little bit more dynamic at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that helps Aiton, but it's just something I thought about last night in the middle of the night, <laughs> um, thinking about weird <laughs> Aiton trades. Cause uh, yeah. Cause when the lottery came out, I'm like, you know, people have talked about Detroit as a possible landing spot, uh, for Deandre. Um, you know, I just wonder if, if somehow this mix um, maybe affects that situation a little bit. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. 
I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The number five pick for Aiton, and obviously you got to send some stuff out. Um, I think that that is probably too steep, especially, I mean, you're a team with cap space, so like just if you're that interested, give him an offer offer. sheet. Make Phoenix match it. Um, And honestly, like, Aiton can play a little hardball here. Like, Aiton could be the guy. This is very rare. He could threaten with the qualifying offer yeah. if he was that unhappy. Um, and just be like, do not match this, or I will sign my QO. I don't know how the CBA logistics and how the timeline and all that yeah. all that goes, but he has some cards to play if he was if he was like super unhappy, which James Jones came out and said that he's a big that Aiton's a big part of what they do, and he is a big part of what they. I mean, do, that was but... the first time he's gotten a vote of confidence because Monty avoided giving him one, Devin Booker kind of avoided giving him one, and I can see James Jones saying that to kind of recoup his trade value a little bit, but they're in an interesting position, um, and I'm curious to see how that plays out. It should be very, very interesting. It's one of the biggest storylines going into the offseason for sure. Um, Okay, so we should probably touch on... Did you have any more lottery thoughts? um, Oklahoma City getting up to two is interesting. Wu mocked Chet Holmgren going there. Mm -hmm. And I'm fascinated by Oklahoma City because at what point do they start trying to win? Getting the number two pick in this draft, I mean... Now. yeah. Now you start trying you to have, You have SGA. I thought I'd watched such little college basketball this year. I've never seen Chet Holmgren play. Um, so those are my draft takes. 
Having said that, I liked Boncaro at Duke when I watched him play. He looked like he had an NBA ready body. He like reminded me a little bit of Jonathan Kaminga in that regard. Like, like he looks like he's ready to belong on an NBA court already. That's interesting. And mm-hmm. I know that he was such a big name coming into this year. It's interesting to me that Wu had a mock three. I wonder how that's going to shake out. Cause I think the thunder got to start putting some SGA is so good. Like they got to start trying, man. They're in a really interesting spot. I mean, it's, I think it's good for the league, honestly, that they got a number two. Agreed. Pick, Cause I, I mean, I'm sick of watching thunder games on league pass. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm just like, I, went, I had to watch a thunder game in person and they won without, and it was <laughs> terrible. That was against the nuggets, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was awful. Um, Embiid would, Embiid would never, yeah, I just got to get that on the record. Never. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, did you see the say that the mayor dec- decreed Embiid most valuable Philadelphian? We literally cannot even start talking about this, or like John Gonzalez is going to burst through my hotel room I, I, door I, I, with an axe. I hope they. I hope that the mayor <laughs> decrees their fans like the most on-time fans next. Like just keep going with the fake awards that mean nothing to make you feel better about yet another second-round exit, even though you tanked all those years to allegedly do better than that um shout out that young shout out yeah. uh drew holiday Michael shout Carter out Williams. evan turner yeah um shout them all out uh, okay so Can I, well, one last thing tying yeah. it all together i i don't think the thunder have anyone of interest outside of sga but can they somehow get in the mix for some kind of three teamer that somehow involves them keeping the number two pick while also getting DeAndre Ayton, is that some? Is it they have the twelfth pick again? You said. I mean, they have all those future picks. Mm-hmm. Is there something they can do to to kind of get Ayton on the team while also keeping the number two pick? Then you take Boncaro, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, we have three really exciting talents here. Um, I don't know, like if that's necessarily the smartest play, just because, uh, by all accounts, by some accounts. Chet is a better prospect than Aiton was. Mm-hmm. And so you usually don't trade a guy who's about to enter a rookie scale deal for yeah. a guy who's about to get a max contract who plays the same position. So that's probably unlikely. Um, but they aren't like, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that they are a, is a 0% chance that they're in the market for, mm-hmm. for Aiton, depending on, what they feel about Chet, what they feel about Paolo, what they feel about Ivy. I mean, they're a very – no one really knows how they think. And so yeah. – which is – or maybe Jabari drops. Maybe the Magic take yeah. Chet. We, we can't really make any assumptions at this point. So I mean, the magic, it'll be fascinating. The Magic love taking a center when they already have six centers on the roster. That's kind of what they've been doing uh, for I a mean, while. So it wouldn't I, shock me. I feel like I'm the only person who's intrigued by the Orlando Magic. Um, I mean, if if Jonathan Isaac exists outside of Fox News, then maybe Doug. <laughs> if he, if he, <laughs> <laughs> I just, if, he, uh, if, if 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 Jonathan Isaac wants to come on this pod instead of the Megyn Kelly show, like he's invited, that's yeah. great. I'd love we'd to love talk to talk about, about hoops. Yeah, man, we'd love That'd to talk awesome. about hoops and how good you are at defense. Agreed. Great. No, I mean um, they had a their lineup like uh, with Cole um, Wagner, like they were like kicking asses here for a little while. Wendell um, Carter had a good year. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not out on them. They just like. There was like six years where they had like eight centers on the roster at all times. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But, you know, I could 
Okay, uh, last thing about the magic, and then we'll, we'll switch <laughs> gears. But the way I've kind of viewed basketball's next stage of evolution is like small ball is skill ball, and then all of a sudden it's just like a team that's able to have guys who are 6'10", but play like guards, mm-hmm. who can shoot, put it on the deck, defend. And I'm like, okay, so you have Wagner's like that type of player that's in my mind that's mm-hmm. like, a very skilled big who can just he's positionless in a lot of ways and if you get jabari okay that's another 610 guy who can shoot and handle and he's a versatile defender and all of a sudden you're like kind of putting together these pieces that just are so you um, think that you think the magic are collecting infinity stones right now i think that we should be it could potentially get pretty scary that's okay, all i'm gonna say okay. and all of us i'm gonna i'll just say this also about orlando like low key quiet semi sleeping giant in terms of free agent destination. Yes, agree. I will say agree. that too. Agree. No taxes, good weather. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. pretty much the key to an NBA star's heart. Yeah. If they're good. So I just want to also mention that. There there could be we could be at the ground floor of something interesting. I just want to put that out there. Um Okay, Dur- let's Dur- switch gears. Kyrie to the magic. Kyrie to the magic next year. <laughs> it's a great, just a great way to show progress as an yeah. organization. Yeah. Um, let's switch gears. Let's touch briefly upon the Western Conference Finals. Um, we're not going to put too much stock into this, just because uh, it, game one was a blowout. I feel like there's not too much to take away, but we can obviously I, have to. Can I throw out a, a take? Absolutely. I'm workshopping. Are the sure. Mavericks? Are the Mavericks getting a little overrated? You think so? So hear me out. They all the games they lost against Phoenix was a blowout. Were a blowouts, right? Mm-hmm. The game seven game did happen, yes. But if they played that game seven a hundred times, I think the I think the result that actually happened happens only once or twice. I agree with that. <laughs> that was uh, one of the most unbelievable yeah, games and I think people in like are, 25 years. And people are just running with it so far. Like, And obviously, you have to, to steal uh, Monty Williams' coachism, which I think he picked up from the pop. You have to have an appropriate freer with Luka Doncic. And that appropriate fear is high. But people are acting like the Suns couldn't beat this guy when, in fact, they beat him multiple times with him going off, with him having bad shooting nights, etc., and, yeah, I just wonder if some of the Mavericks conversation has gotten a little bit out of hand. Um, breaking news, Celtics center Al Horford will play in game two tonight. Just have to say that. What happened the there? What a weird situation. I literally think that me speculating, uh, he was just like in a room taking COVID tests every 15 minutes yeah. until he tested. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what that situation, but he is playing, so we're just yeah. going to get that on the record there um back to the western conference finals uh i'll say like yeah game one it was a blowout strange game a lot of adjustments can still be made Mm -hmm. on both ends especially i feel like dallas's ability to attack um curry and pool and like Mm -hmm. they just weren't like the warriors defense against it was like hedge and recover and it's like okay well you're just gonna okay let them hedge and recover and have no way to punish it uh, over and over again. Um, thought that was interesting. Thought that uh, 
the Golden State Warriors made a lot of mid-range jump shots. Um, and, you know, we'll see if those fall throughout mm-hmm. this. I mean, there's just a lot of it's, – it's a game one, you know, yeah. feel-out game. I'm, I, I hear what you're saying to your, to your point about maybe the Mavs are overrated. I picked the Mavs in six. I do not think that Luka in any way, shape, or form is overrated. I think he is the real deal. I think that if you were looking for – I don't think he's overrated, but I think he, he – people act like he's more unbeatable than he is. I think when certain things are happening, he is unbeatable. Yes. I think when Maxi Kleber shoots 45% from yes. behind the three-point yes. line, he is unbeatable. He's unbeatable, correct. Uh, um, and the three they missed uh, in the first quarter alone. I don't even know how many wide-open threes the Dallas Mavericks missed. And they seem to shoot better as a team at home, too. So I think this is going to be a long series, mm-hmm. fun series. Um, did you, what, did you, what was your pick for this? I picked the Warriors in six. Very valid pick. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be one of those. Maybe it'll go seven. Who knows? Yeah. If it goes seven, I'm going with Luca all day, every day. Um, yeah, I think that'll that'll do it for today's show, Rohan. Um, good luck to you tonight. <laughs> you're in my thoughts. Just oh, kidding. You're not. <laughs> You're no. definitely not in my thoughts. As I said at the top of the pod, people think we're friends in real life. It's not true. As soon as the mics go off, this report goes I, away immediately. I, um, I do have something in my contract where you have to reach out to a middleman if you want to contact exactly, me off the exactly, air. Exactly. Um, so, so that the people know. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm <laughs> interested to see what the Heat do with uh, Smart and Horford back in the line. This should be a much more accurate representation of the battleground this series will be fought on. So this should be a good game. It's fun. Uh, Thank you so much, Rohan, uh, for your expertise (laughs) and your insight. Thank you so much to our listeners. Please keep your emails coming to openfloormail at gmail.com. That's openfloormail at gmail.com. Everybody stay safe. Everybody, please continue to enjoy the NBA playoffs. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.